For the first time in the Stanley Cup Final, the Predators were dominated by the Penguins, resulting in a 6-0 loss Thursday night. And the consequences of that loss now puts the Pens up 3-2 and leaves the Preds in a must-win contest at Bridgestone Sunday if this series is going to last a full seven games. Welcome to the Tennessean special Stanley Cup edition of the Predators podcast. I'm Forrest Goodman. Coming up, Adam Vingan wrote in his game story the performance was cringeworthy. I'll have him explain. Then columnist Joe Rexroad reflects on the poor outing and what needs to happen Sunday. I think from the drop of the puck, uh, you know, they had the urgency and the desperation in their game, and um, it showed. They took it to us right off the, the first faceoff. That's Predators winger James Neal. The Penguins' attack was led by their standout Sidney Crosby with three assists, something P.K. Subban recognized. You know what? Listen, you got to give them credit. They took a page out of our book, put pucks behind us, four-checked the ball, and they created their chances, and when they had them, they capitalized on it. But you know what? At the end of the day, obviously, we wanted to come out and have our best game of the season, but I don't think that uh, we played well enough, obviously, to have success today. Subban and Crosby tangling near the end of the first period with the video showing the Penguins player shoving PK's head into the ice several times, resulting in just matching two-minute minors for both players. I'm not I'm not an official, so I'm not going to judge what's over the line and what's not. But, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, it's just I just got to play the game, play the game hard, and, and, you know, listen, if those opportunities come where someone does something that warrants a penalty, and then it's up to the officials to call it. If they don't, then we just got to move forward. Adam Vinken covers the Predators at Tennessean.com. Adam, while Subban at least publicly was dismissive of the incident, his coach was not. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh... Here, Laviolette was certainly much more animated on the bench after Evgeny Malkin scored the goal on the four-on-four play that ensued following that uh, wrestling match behind the net. Um, It it was just a a very interesting decision by the officials because it was obvious to almost everybody watching but them, I guess, that Crosby was, you know, shoving PK's face into the ice on multiple, multiple occasions and they were both given holding penalties, which really didn't make much sense. But, you know, that's, you know, that is sort of the, um, you know, we talk, we, we talk about regularly how, you know, super talented Sidney Crosby is. And you saw it last night. He had three assists, but he also has a little bit of a pest in him. And that's what makes him successful, too, is that, yeah, he, he, you know, he's the best player in the world, but he can also get under your skin, too. Um, and that's definitely developing into a, a, a very interesting rivalry that I'm actually planning on writing about for the Tennesseans today. Um, and, and that makes for good hockey. But uh, I know that Peter was not happy about it. And he said, that, you know, I watched my guy get cross-checked in the head, you know, 10 times and mm. don't know what he did to deserve that. Uh, of course, sticking up for his player. And I would tend to agree. There was nothing that PK seemed to do on that play that warranted any of the things that ended up happening. Well, and this started several games ago. It's not like those two got at each other last night. Let's be honest, PK was in Sidney Crosby's head when they were in Nashville last weekend. You know, you look at, you know, the whole bad breath thing that happened right. earlier in this series. You know, for me, you know, I, I find that whole thing silly. Uh, you know, some of it has to do with the fact that there was a lot of, you know, a lot of downtime in between games in the series. And when you have the mixture of the, you know, the most outspoken player in the NHL and then an international media contingent with nothing else to do, you know, you're going to, it's going to turn into a big story. For me, there was something that PK said before that that stood out to me more 
than the whole bad breath scenario was I believe it was after game two. To paraphrase, he said, every time I'm on the ice with Crosby, I'm going to be in his face and he's not going to like it. That to me was more telling than anything else that, uh, that was said. And that's what's going on. They actually haven't spent a lot of time on the ice together, but when they have, they're right in each other's grills all the time. And that's how it should be. That, though, doesn't define the entire outing for the Predators Thursday night, Adam. It was maybe their most lackluster performance so far in this series, even though they had lost prior to, to Thursday night two other contests. Everyone talked about how they probably outplayed the Penguins. I don't think that's how you define game five. You even wrote and called it cringeworthy. That was the most apt uh, adjective I could could find. But, (laughs) you know, what's interesting about it is is that it was not only just a, you know, a lopsided loss. It was the most lopsided loss in Predators playoff history. I mean, last year they ended their season with a 5-0 loss in San Jose. This outdid that, which is hard to do. You know, part of it has to do with... As I wrote in that story, when, when, the, when the Penguins' star players come to play, there's almost nobody that can stop them. You know, the best way to put it is Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Phil Kessel had seven points combined in the first four games of the series. They had eight combined at the end of the second period last night, just in that game alone. You know, the Predators do not have the firepower to match up with that. And I think what's concerning uh, for Nashville is, as you mentioned, I feel like they were, despite uh, winning game four, Four one, uh, and then of course losing last night. These have been their; these past two games have been their two worst defensive performances of the of the of the Stanley Cup final. You know, there's a website that I like to use that tracks scoring chances, and they break it down by overall scoring chances and what they call high danger scoring chances, or the or the most you know the the high the highest of quality scoring chances. In games one through three, the Penguins had a total of 13 high quality scoring chances, which is a good number to hold that team to through three games. In games four and five, they had 24 combined. So they're getting behind the Predators' defense, and they're making life difficult for the defense. And Pecorine, of course, can't stop a puck in Pittsburgh to save his life. Just hasn't worked out well. And that's if, when going into game six. I know the Predators are 9-1 and one at home this season, this postseason. But the Penguins have won each of their four Stanley Cups on the road, and they're starting to ramp up their offense. It's a very dangerous formula for Nashville. I tend to agree with you, and I also believe in the stats you gave kind of back this up. I was waiting in this series for the experience of having been there, done that, for the Penguins to show up, much like last year, winning a title and then doing it this year. They hadn't played like the team many expected until Thursday night. And the NHL actually tweeted out an interesting stat um, this morning that there have been three games this postseason throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs where one team won by a margin of six or more goals. And in the following game, the team that lost that game won the following game which includes the last series that the Penguins played against the Ottawa Senators. I believe they lost 7 nothing or 7-1 in Game 5 in Pittsburgh and actually came back to Ottawa to force a game and win and force the Game 7, which they ultimately lost in double overtime. So the Predators have that on their side, I suppose. But, uh, you know, the, as, as I mentioned before, when, when Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Phil Kessel, and that group of experienced players is on top of their game, I'm not sure there's a team in the NHL that can match them. And the Predators, you know, for as, as scrappy as they've been over the last several games, down Ryan Johansson, down Kevin Fiala, you know, you know they're putting together a great postseason. There have been a lot of really good stories, Pontus Auberg, Frederick Goudreau. When it just comes down to who has the better finish, 
in terms of putting the puck in the net when it counts. You know, I'm looking at Pittsburgh, and, and that's why, you know, I think there's a very good possibility that the Penguins could be lifting the Stanley Cup on Sunday at Bridgestone Arena. Adam Vinken covering the Predators as the team's focus now shifts to Sunday on home ice. So that makes this a good time to bring in columnist Joe Rexroad. Joe, for the first time this series, the Pens just simply outplayed the Preds, which delivered, as you wrote, a thud. It was. Um, and, you know, it's, it's interesting because Peter Laviolette talked about desperation and the importance of desperation in this game. And it was all on Pittsburgh's side, even though it was a 2-2, um, you know, series going in. Although, you know, I think sometimes we simplify things like, you know, they were, they had the most energy or passion or emotion. And it's not always just those things. It's also precision and awareness and, you know, poise and coolness. And, and you know, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a game of skill and finesse and, and, and details. And that's where the Predators just, it just lacked all the things that you need, not just the, the simple, you know, emotion of things. Um, so, yeah, it was a very disappointing effort from them because obviously a lot was at stake and they just weren't competitive. Joe, help me out here. I'm watching from afar. I got the feeling that even though everyone said the right thing in the locker room, meaning the Predators, in the locker room after the contest, they said the right thing about putting it behind and moving on to the next one. I just got a sense from watching it that there was a little more frustration, a little more disappointment than after games one and two, which they dropped in Pittsburgh. Did you get that same feeling being there? Yeah, I think it was a different kind of thing because after games one and two, you know, of course, after that, uh, you got P.K. Subban basically guaranteeing victory or at least saying they they will win the next game. And there was, I mean, there was a lot of frustration after those games because they really did play well and they didn't get the results. But they had that, you know, look, we, we, we're fine. I mean, we do this and we'll, we'll be in good shape. Um, so it was, it was a combination of frustration and confidence. But I think this was – there was a little bit of bewilderment here, I think, because, you know, the thing is this isn't just like they got blown out in one game. This is actually two games in a row now that Pittsburgh has really gotten to them and gone after them and gotten a ton of great chances. Pecorine saved their bacon in game four. That game could have been 5-1 Pittsburgh. Um, but in this game, obviously, he continues to struggle there. Matt Murray continues to play great there. Not that they really challenged Matt Murray. And so the result was very different. But that's two straight games that they figured out ways to get behind that defense. How do you explain, Rene, playing poorly when at Pittsburgh through these three games they played on Pitt's ice? You know, I, I must say, and, and I wrote this too, he gave up three goals. Two of them, I I can't put on him at all. I mean, one was the instant power play. Austin Watson's trying to make it the right play, and he screams him, and he doesn't see. You can tell he does not see the puck until it's basically past him. The third one, I mean, Yannick Weber it goes off his stick. He is he is going to save the normal shot that Malkin shoots there. He's right there on it. It takes a wicked turn goes to the very top corner of the net and there's just no way to do anything about it uh, you know and the other one is, a, is basically a breakaway and it's a great shot and you know that's a play that he has to make and he made in game four but I really think this was breakdowns around him more than him um but at the same time the numbers are atrocious so the whole thing is not working defensively in that building and the penguins are just so good in that building 
one thing that has been proven at least so far in this series is that neither team can win on the other's home ice. Can the Predators let that trend or can they see it continue because they face elimination Sunday night? Yeah, they can. You know, they they really I thought they kind of had to go back to the drawing board after game 4 after you know the Penguins really got loose on them and they really have to now. But they know how to do that. I mean, they've they've put together good defensive plans. It's scary for them that now Malkin, Crosby, and Kessel are all rolling, or at least all rolled in one game. But, but at home, I, I mean, I think they can beat any team on any night, and uh, and I would I would expect their absolute best effort. Some of it is just just winning those battles and just having more passion and energy than your opponent. And I'm sure they will be maxed out in that way. So I, I still think they have a good chance to uh, force a game seven here. Well, and it seems like this is where you turn to your locker room too. The leaders of this team have to get them to rally. We talked earlier about frustration or disappointment and, and it is cliche, but it's true. You do have to have a short memory and you have to put it behind you because this team's got some, they've got some work to do to get ready for Sunday night. They do. And one thing Peter Laviolette said was, you know, actually hold on to this a little bit. You know, he's like, you know, it's, it's not like you can just say, oh, okay, it's gone. I mean, you, you, I think he wants them to sort of stew on this a little bit. Like, you got embarrassed, you know. This is the biggest stage in hockey. Um, and you, for the first time in this in this postseason, really, you played terrible. And uh, I think he's going to use that a little bit because, hey, you use every little bit that you, that you can use nowadays. And I, I have no doubt. I mean, he said it too, you know, our guys will be ready. And I, and I believe him. I think they will be. And, uh, I swear one of these days we're going to have a really good game in this series. <laughs> well, it could happen Sunday night at Bridgestone if the Predators want to force a game seven. They surely don't want to give up the Stanley Cup and let the Penguins win it on their ice. Exactly. I mean, the, the, the Stanley Cup they knew was going to be in Bridgestone. First time ever. The Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't say first time ever. Maybe it's been on some sort of visit, but <laughs> first time in official business, and uh, it will be there. They knew that, but they do not want that scene Sunday night. So that's another big, uh, big thing on the motivational list. Read more of Joe Rex Road at Tennessean.com. Well, Preds fans, as you know by now, Pittsburgh needs just one more win to capture back-to-back titles. Goaltender Pekka Rene, as mentioned earlier, pulled during the Thursday night loss. But in games three and four at home, he was the hero. Uh, we came came here with a mission to win the game, and um, didn't have the didn't have the start of the game we wanted to. And um, but you know, this is this playoffs, this finals. You gotta you gotta put the you know you gotta try to put this behind you as soon as possible. And and uh, we have a couple days here to focus on the Sunday's game, and that's gonna be a huge one for us. Everybody knows that. And um, obviously, nice to nice to go home and play that game. For P.K. Subban, he's anxious to get back on home ice while realizing the situation his team is in. We're going back to our building, and uh, we know that we're confident in that building, but our focus now, it's got to shift. It's just like when we came in here for the first two games. It's got to shift right to game six now, and we got to focus on giving ourselves an opportunity to come back here for game seven, and I still feel that we have a lot of great hockey left to be played here. Game six is Sunday night at seven with elimination on the line for the home team. I'll be back Monday to recap and see if a Game 7 will be previewed. Thanks again to Adam Vingan and Joe Rexroad. In studio, I'm Forrest Goodman. So long, everybody.